This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. R.J. Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spy number at a time in Ooh. order of release. Rusty. Saved. This week we're burning witches and splitting hairs of Christian doctrine as we hit Spine 124, the Carl Theodore Dreyer Collection. And we're doing it in, two, in a first time ever, two-part oh, episode. First, from the collection, we watch Spines 125 and 126, Day of Wrath from 1943, and Ordet from 1955. But first, hey, RJ, feeling rested at all after that week off? No, not at all. No, That was no. the worst fucking week of my life. Yeah. Not not worst. It was it was real long. Yep. Uh, had to go away for work. Had a wedding that weekend. Uh, the wedding was actually, uh, it was actually really fun, which was a nice, refreshing change compared to not that any of the other weddings have been bad it's just like it's so many weddings there's so many Jared, and it's like it feels like every weekend we have something to do on like thursday friday and saturday or friday saturday sunday and it's like i'm tired well i don't want to do shit no more you know uh do as i do and don't go well like this weekend we had uh something on friday saturday and sunday uh, the wedding was on Saturday. I can't remember what we did Friday. And then on Sunday, I had a family reunion, and I had to go to a barbecue, which was fine, but I was really hungover, and it was like 38 degrees, so I was just really sweating, mm-hmm. really sweating. And then uh, the week came, and I was trying to catch up on stuff, and I was like, when the fuck am I going to watch these movies? <laughs> when am I going to watch them, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. And uh, I didn't, uh, and this is going to be a bad episode. But apart from that, uh, I also don't feel rested because uh, I'm not at home either. No. Because the I think the universe is trying to tell us to stop doing the podcast. Because mm-hmm. we, we, neither of us could do last week. We took our one week off a year. We do one a year. That's it. Unless we're dying. Unless we're dying. If one of us is dying, then it's a no-go. Uh, but one yeah, of- generally we are pretty good. But Nick, last week was just like, you know what? Let's Let's do a skip week. And we don't do it very often, which I think people like. Consistency is key, I guess. I think some guy said that one time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think last year we only took one week off. And But this week, uh, I got home last night after watching my boy Tom Cruise up on the big screen to uh, discover that uh, my internet router blew up and I had no internet. And it was like, of course, the day before Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, so now I, uh, I'm out here sweating it off uh, in... Uh, a familiar place that you've made me come to before. Mm-hmm. Whenever my internet doesn't work, Jarrett makes me come to his office. And uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I I suggested I come to your house to do it live in the flesh. And I think people really are clamoring for that. I've had a lot of people ask why we don't do it record face to face. Yeah, I, I I heard about it just uh, an hour ago, and I was like, "You did? Yeah, I did. I heard that from who?" Uh, sources, well-placed sources. sources. And, uh, and then I was just like, nah, nah, I, I, that would just, uh, I don't know. It would derail me. I think I'd be distracted. Are you saying that you would be so thrown off by my being that you wouldn't be able to podcast if you, I, if I, I was right there in the flesh? I'd barely be able to get the words out. I, I barely, uh, am able to get words out properly now, let alone mm-hmm. with you here. Well, all I know is that you made a huge mistake. You let me into your office. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tall boy. Uh, yeah, I got a little tall boy for the office. Right by the um, like, little, uh, off, uh, just right by the campus liquor store. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I walked over to the liquor store. Uh, I got a tall boy for the episode because uh, you kids out there know uh, Daddy likes to have a little tall boy. And uh, I'm going to drink it, and I'm going to leave, like, 18 cans in your office because I know you're not coming back. I got your keys, buddy. Yeah. I got your keys. So there's nothing you can do about it. You, My goal is to make your life so bad <laughs> that you regret ever knowing me, mm-hmm. like many people who know me. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the first step, uh, termination from your long-term uh, employer. And yeah. then after that, uh, we'll see where we go from there. Mm-hmm. How was uh, Lonely Wings? Uh, yeah, I went to uh, a pub off campus uh, because our pub here was closed. I was going to, I had to get dropped off early for various reasons. And I had about an hour and a half to kill. And I wore flip flops, which was a huge mistake. And now my feet are sore. Yeah. Because I had to walk uh, like 15 minutes each way. And uh, I went to a place for Wing Wednesday. And I ate uh, a bunch of wings like a sad bastard by myself. And a lot of people noticed, and a lot of people were staring at me. A lot of people are staring at me, but I got hot wings, and then I walked in like 35 degree heat, so I, I've really been sweating this chair up. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to burn this, and I'm not even kidding. That's, it's not mine anyway. It's not yours, but by the time you get back in a month, there's going to be a significant <laughs> amount of fungus growing on yeah. this thing. Real rancid, eh? Real rancid. No. So anyways, I feel like the universe wants us to quit, so uh, you know, people don't email in anymore, so maybe well, I, we should That's quit. not. That's not true. Did uh did our one week absence throw people off and no, uh, spur in fans? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure uh, if maybe people listen to like our little uh, uh, send offs or they just stopped listening at that point. But uh, yes, we we let people know then, but then it seemed like they didn't find out till after they what they were wondering about well, Wednesday. We, maybe they kept hitting sadly yeah. the the refresh button on iTunes. Where's the new episode? Where's the new episode? Because I saw there were some uh, new downloads from the previous week's episode. Um, oh. And so it's like, oh, people were really hard up for their creeps action. So I guess I'm complimented. Um, you shouldn't that, be. That we're it's, a, it's got we're, nothing we're, to do with you. I know. Well, I mean, I know when uh, some of my favorite podcasts uh, miss a week and I, I'm like, what's going on? It's a uh, sad day. So I've got my schedule down and there's just that gap mm-hmm. there. Yeah, well, I, I it, it would be helpful to know if anyone actually listens to that back end, the back bumper after mm-hmm. both reviews, mm-hmm. you guys, because uh, I ask all the time, but I don't know. I don't know if anyone listens to that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we got gold in there, baby, mm-hmm. gold. Well, I mean, I'd like to know because, like, you know, last month, RJ, we had like one of our mm-hmm. best months in the podcast history for listens mm-hmm. and plays and shit, and uh, it doesn't reflect in our feedback. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of. Uh, uh, free moochers out there listening to this content and they're not they're not letting us know how we're doing or uh, what we're not doing um so on that hey. note we did we did get a nice call out on instagram today i noticed by, that. Uh, a stranger yeah so if you're listening email in pal mm-hmm. anyways or, or these people from california who are listening and i'm like who are you californians Cal- california <laughs> california <laughs> you know that movie yeah it's that guy it's the wizard. Yeah, people know that movie. Ask Fred Savage. Yeah. And Super yeah. Super Mario 3. Ah, uh, yeah. You know the thing that really bugged me about that movie all the time was how the fuck did he know like the cheats like where you fly in the castles to go get the whistle, like the warp whistle and stuff like that? It was like a brand new game. He, he's just that good. He's just that good. That's that's life oh. on the Hey, RJ, that's life on the spectrum. <laughs> I was I was going to say but I'm glad you did because uh <laughs> 
people think more of people think more highly of me than uh, you so i'm glad you went there and i didn't have to yeah um well yeah you you sounded busy um i didn't have things to go to but yet the time passed by and i still i wound up watching less than i really ever do um which brings me to my question of hey rj what, what you been creeping on lately because I, I watched one movie besides our two movies we'll be talking about tonight, and that's it. Wait, did we get mail or no? I well, thought you said we did. We, we, we did. Um, You're going to bring it up I, later? I'll bring it up, like, maybe next week. It'll it'll make more sense oh, okay. for next week. Okay. So I did some heavy creeping last week, pal. Heavy, heavy creeping. And uh, nothing that people are going to want to hear about, nothing that anyone is interested in, but you know what? I don't give a shit because I'm going to talk about it anyway. Is this the fact that you ignored everyone? Uh, yeah, I completely ignored everybody, uh, everybody's opinions, and I went on my own, and I just did uh, my own thing. So people told me not to watch Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> and I don't care. I did it anyways. Uh, but I will spare you the details. I figured since it was our week off, I was like, well, fuck it, whatever. I'll just bang these out anyways enough because they were like 40 most of them were about 40 minutes and uh full disclosure i would throw these on and sometimes i would like read comic books in the background because i haven't read comics in like a year or two and i but i still buy them so i was like you know what i should read some of these comics so i threw on these dragon ball z's i was reading some of those comics and uh i won't i'll spare you because i watched let's see about Six, uh, 15 in the last week. I watched 15 of these movies, Jared. Uh, I won't talk about all of them. I'll just talk about the two that I like the most, maybe. And uh, some themes. So what I've noticed in these movies a lot is they rely pretty heavily on a similar story. So the boys are having fun. You got Goku. You got Krillin. You got Gohan sometimes. Old Piccolo's there. He's sour. He doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. They're just having fun, having a picnic. And then a new big bad arrives in town, usually from the sky, usually an alien, sometimes not, sometimes from the earth or whatever, and uh, just fucking wrecks the boys. Just wrecks them, Jarrett. He's beating them left and right. They don't know what to do. Goku goes Super Saiyan. He does all these things. It's not enough. So what they do is usually they do some magic stuff to convert energy towards him and then he'll like one punch these dudes just into fucking oblivion or he'll do a, a spirit bomb and uh he will use this the power of the earth's soul to crush his enemies pretty classic dragon Ball Z stuff uh having seen 15 of these in a row uh it got a little repetitive yeah dare i say a little repetitive uh, the worst ones I watched, uh, were the cooler movies, which, uh, came out after I think the Frieza saga was hot and uh, cooler is Frieza's brother. And there was two of them and they are just, just the biggest piece of shit movies you've ever seen, man. <laughs> they suck. They were so bad. It was just like, why are we watching this? I don't like any of this stuff. I can't even remember why I thought it was so bad. I just remember that I thought they were real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing, uh, in the earlier, because there's five Dragon Ball movies, and then they went to Dragon Ball Z movies. In the earlier Dragon Ball movies, they always had moments where there was like, a, you would see the earth dying, and all the plants would die, and the water would dry out. And then you would always see deer. 
and the deer would die. And I was like, oh, man, Dragon Ball Z is fucking real sad, dude. Uh, but I think deer are uh, some kind of thing in Japan. So I guess it must be a thing, right? I, sure. Right? Anyways, it doesn't matter. So uh, the cooler movies were real bad. Uh, there were other movies. I don't need to talk about them. I'll just tell you about my two favorites. Bro- Bro- Broly, Second Coming. Ooh, Broly. Actually, that was the worst one I've watched so far. Broly, Second Coming was real, real bad, man. So I watched that first Broly. People seem really hot on that Broly dude. He's like the greatest, biggest bad. And I guess it's just because he's literally the biggest and just huge. But I think part of what makes Dragon Ball Z real good was Akira Toriyama would subvert like your expectations, where it was always like the smaller dudes were always like the strongest. And you're like, ooh, cool. It's like he's stronger when he's smaller. That's cool. Uh, but Broly's just like this big guy. And the first Broly movie isn't bad. Uh, it's not like it doesn't stand out. It's probably in the top five. But uh, it I, it didn't like blow my dick off like uh, some people seem to think it does. So Broly first one was OK. Broly's second coming is just total horseshit. It's it's basically the first movie uh, exactly, mm-hmm. but uh, not as good. Um, so it's just because there's a lot of these that are kind of like repetitive, but Broly second coming just seemed like it's like they're doing the exact same thing, but they left out, uh, the entire plot storyline that was like kind of good in, uh, the first one. So it was like that movie really sucked. Also right. Broly's funny because he, he hates Goku cause they were babies and Goku cried and it like, he was like screaming as a baby, like whining, you know, and Broly was like, fuck that little kid. So, like, that's that whole rivalry, which is kind of funny. But anyways, I'm going to tell you about my two, because people don't care about anime. So, uh, just real briefly, uh, one that I thought was really good was uh, called Lord Slug. Uh, this one was actually super awesome. It's it's fresh off of, it's like right near the start of the Dragon Ball Z era. It's, be, it's probably after the Saiyan Saga, but before, like, uh, uh, Frieza and Namek. And so you have this dude. What? Is this too nerdy? Um, continue. Okay, so you got Lord Slug. He's a, a Namekian like Piccolo. Uh, and he, this movie was cool because you had wicked fights. You get to see Piccolo just straight wrecking dudes. He's like breathing fire. His arms are stretching out. Uh, I also really like this one because it had like saw, not like metal, but like hard alternative rock music playing in it which is like different from like not hard but like fast rock music i imagine it was probably some kind of christian rock band or something uh but i thought it was really funny um and not a lot of these movies had that stuff so i was like yeah it's like playing this like heavy music and piccolo is like burning dudes pretty cool anyways uh the best one i've watched so far Jared, was called bojack unbound um, this one was pretty good. Uh, Goku isn't in this one. This is in the time era where he's dead. And uh, some big bad demon guys come down to fight people. You got Gohan. You got Trunks. You got uh, Piccolo and Vegeta. All the cool dudes are there. They're fighting these Bojack guys. Um, yeah, Bojack Unbound was pretty cool. I say if you wanted to watch any of them, just watch Lord Slug and then Bojack Unbound and you'd probably be okay. You got me? I, I hear you. This is what uh, Letterbox is all about. You can go back and just look at those star ratings and go, yeah, I guess I'll watch that one. 
Yeah, maybe that one. Ooh, really second coming? No thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to hear about a real movie that I watched? Yes, please. So I went to a movie last night with Little Ham, uh, which you actually, you got to meet Little Ham for the first time. I did, very very briefly. Very briefly. Uh, he wasn't disinterested, but we were pressed for time. So we had to get out of there. There wasn't a lot of time for chatting. Yeah. So we got up and we got the hell out of there. Uh, but I was with Little Ham because I think I mentioned before, he is a big Tom Cruise fan. Big time. He loves fucking Tom Cruise. Loves him. So uh, he was pretty jacked for this new Mission Impossible movie. So uh, this movie came out on the weekend. It's getting a lot of hype, getting a lot of buzz, made all sorts of money, uh, has pretty good ratings. It's at like a 96 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone was pretty hot in this movie. I was like, all right, let's go. So we went, uh, we got D-Box seats, baby, so that we could get seats, which was a good idea because the theater was probably uh, almost sold out except for like the front rows. So it was it was pretty full. Uh, this is the second movie I've gone to with Brett in a row that has completely made me not want to go to movies anymore. Uh, the theater was totally full of chuds, uh, the worst kind of dudes. Uh, so there was an entire row of guys wearing golf polos and uh, sports shor- uh, shorts. And uh, one of them was wearing a visor backwards with his spiked hair coming out of the visor. Mm. Uh, not just them. Those were the worst. But uh, this entire theater, Jarrett, when something would happen, they would applaud they would they would just applaud the screen. So like Tom Cruise would like deactivate the bomb and then they would all start clapping and they'd be like, Woo! You did it, Tom! Yeah. Or like when the big bad guy gets killed, they all started like applauding. And uh like dudes were like getting out of their seats, standing up, applauding this thing. The dude in the visor got uh gave the movie a standing ovation at the end. Um huh. and I can't stand this shit, man. Like, I brought it up before. Is like, I understand, like, if you're excited about stuff, but, like, just fucking be a human. Like, get some control over your emotions. Like, you don't have to stand up and cheer because because uh, you love the movie so much. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old and your poison has uh, affected me. But uh, it, it really bugged me. I was like, shut up. Sit down. It's a movie. Like, there were parts in the movie, too, where it was just, like... It was, like, ten minutes in, and it was an action scene where, like, Tom Cruise was in trouble. And, like, the lady in front of me was gasping. She was like, holy shit. She's like, is he going to be okay? It's like, yeah. He's going to be okay. It's, like, it's a movie, for one. And it's ten minutes in. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay, you guys. So, anyways, that really bugged me. And I think it kind of tainted my viewing a little bit because I was like, fuck these people. Fuck them and their enjoyment, their genuine enjoyment of cinema. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're we're here for the salos and the happinesses and damn right, the Robocops of the world. So so fuck them. Anyways, you want to hear about this movie for real? So it's uh, Mission Impossible Six. Uh, more crazy stunts, lots of stunts, J Dog, lots of stunts. Um, the action is good, which I think is the reason people watch these movies. And if the action wasn't good, then they wouldn't be what they are. You get Tom Cruise doing cool stuff, like that halo jump where he goes out of the plane. I guess he really did that. That's cool. He's like dangling from helicopters. I guess he really did that. That's super cool too. Uh, There's a couple good chase scenes in this. There's like a 10-minute 
like not exaggerating 10 minute long motorcycle chase mm-hmm. which is pretty cool uh i liked it so the action is pr- pretty good man pretty good um but this movie so i don't know what it is i feel like I want to like these movies more because of how much everyone else likes them. But I don't think I like them that much. Like I remember I watched the last one, whatever that was like, like rogue nation or yeah, rogue nation. I remember I watched it at home on Netflix and I was like, this is okay. I was like, I don't care about this that much. Seeing it in the theater makes a difference. But so like I watched this and I liked it more than the last couple. But at the same time, I, I have problems with these movies. Like, there's certain things that they keep hitting on and it's like, I don't, I don't buy this anymore. Like in this movie, they have like 15 solid minutes of a two uh, and a half hour long movie, 15 to 20 solid minutes are, Ooh, is Tom Cruise actually the bad guy? Maybe he's the terrorist. And like they play it off later is like, Oh, we never really thought you were. And it's like, so why, why, why include it at all? Like, that was, like, 15 minutes of this fucking movie that didn't need to be here. So, like, why why keep, like, digging out of that well? Uh, and then there's other stuff that I think is kind of hokey. Like, Mission Impossible is always about these dudes wearing, like, other people's faces, like, as masks. And they even, like, again... <laughs> you mean, they, like, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they even, like, draw attention to it, too, where... They're like, oh, yeah, these movies are just it's like Halloween with everyone wearing masks. And it's like, yeah, that is how it is. And but that's a huge chunk of this movie. Um, And then there's like a lot of really cheesy stuff, especially I think in the first half of this movie. I think the back end, they ease it on the cheese a little bit. But there it's like people like saying stuff and doing stuff. And you're just like, it's like, don't say that. Like, who is this appealing (laughs) to? I guess guys wearing visors who applaud fucking movies it's just like uh, it's so cheesy um i think the problem is uh i think christopher mcquery or mcquery whoever writes and directs these i think the problem is that he thinks he's smarter than everyone in the room and he's Mm. not so like i I know i've said this before and i really don't mean to sound like an asshole because i i've said it before but i don't think i say it that much where you're watching this movie and you're like i know exactly what's gonna happen it's like there's there's no suspense here for me where it's like bait and switch stuff or like switcheroo stuff where they're like they're like baiting the bad guy. They're like, come on, you can tell us. And then you realize it was like, oh, they got him. What a classic zinger. And you're it happens like three times in this movie. And you're just like, I don't buy any of this. I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I've seen a movie before. I know what's going on. So there's stuff like that that I feel like is kind of stale. And then the other thing about this movie, uh, I don't know if I said, like, I enjoyed this movie. I just, I don't like it. it like, everyone's given it five stars. And I think that's super excessive. Uh, the other thing about this movie is I think they rip off Christopher Nolan, like, huge. Uh, a lot of the action sequences, and they do it in different ways. I think, like, it's it's kind of hard to explain on my own like there's things that are obvious like there's a scene right by a river where trucks get driven off into the river and it's like okay that's not that much of an influence they did that in like one scene but then there's other action scenes where i was like this really feels like christopher nolan movies like uh inception and all the batman things where i was like i don't know man this is just fucking chris nolan and then to the point where there's even a scene and it's right before they do this heist to like steal this this guy so if anyone's watching you can listen to it 
where they use I, I swear to God, they use the score from Dark Knight Rises, which is like the intro score when it's all the Bane stuff with the plane that like, you know, that music, Jared, <laughs> it's like yeah. that music. And it's like doing it. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this is a uh, Hans Zimmer's uh, Dark Knight Rises. But then like a minute in, then it goes. Dun, 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 dun. So like they just like impose, superimpose the uh, Mission Impossible theme over top of it. So I was like, fuck these guys. <laughs> in my, unless Hans Zimmer did it, which I don't I don't think he did. I'll check right now. I don't think he made this movie. And if he did, then he's getting lazy. <laughs> Uh, okay, no, it wasn't him. So they just straight stole from him. Oh, they man. straight stole from him. Straight. So, straight talk. Uh, anyways, um, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, man. I, sh- I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't really get the uh, super love of uh, this franchise because everyone's like, "This is the only endearing franchise we have. Yeah. It's the best action. Yeah. They're like breakthrough yeah. movies." Yes. Well, it's, that's that's grown over time though too, and yeah. I think it really uh, turned around after uh, the fourth one because that's the one Brad Bird directed, right? What's Protocol? Uh, no, that's the f- fifth one. I know. I think it's or Ghost fourth. Protocol and then Rogue Nation. Yeah, something like that. Right. Whatever one it is, like the Abu Dhabi thing that's the brad bird ep- that's the brad bird one uh because the one with uh jeremy renner uh at this point i assume he's in every movie but yeah that's uh unfortunately thinking, that's a thing you are thinking of ghost protocol okay so that's the yep. one that's probably the one i've liked the most of the mission impossible movies and it's been a really long time since i've seen the first movie which is a uh, brian de palma mm-hmm. um but yeah mission impossible 2 is pretty bad movie uh even though it's directed by uh john woo of uh criterion creeps fame and uh then three is that jj abrams uh and i think Mm -hmm. the only thing of note about that is philip seymour hoffman r.i.p yeah where is the rabbit's foot (laughs) where is the rabbit's foot that's how he talks right yeah exactly Anyways, oh, and, and, oh, hey, you know what I forgot to mention? I hate Simon Pegg. That guy sucks. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Uh, and then the fifth movie, RJ, I too attempted yep. attempted to watch that on Netflix, and it was mm-hmm. so boring to me, I just stopped, and I did something else instead. So that's where I am with uh, Mission Impossible as a franchise. I don't, I don't care about this movie. The only interest I had was uh, Superman stash beating the shit out of guys very nicely, but so, from what you're saying... You, from when you messaged me yeah. when I asked you about the about that, you were like, he should have beat, beat up more people. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, so I have something to say about that. Uh, I think Henry Cavill is awesome. Uh, his, his mustache is awesome. Everybody thinks so. Everyone thinks he's good. Uh, I actually saw when we were leaving the movie, there was a group of middle-aged women, like 45 or so, and they were taking pictures uh, kissing Henry Cavill's face on the poster outside the movie theater. So uh, the, the love for him is real in this one, Jared. Oh. Uh, and they were also probably the ones cheering in the movie theater. Yeah, they're just but, uh, uh, creaming their mum jeans. Yeah, they're just creaming those jeans, as Jarrett Duncan, quote, said. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, okay. So I wanted to see him beat up people. Everyone's seen him reload his biceps. It's fucking awesome. So he does beat up a couple dudes in this. Uh, and I, I kind of, like, not to be a spoiler, 
I feel like they waste his character because I think that they set him up as like a really good heavy because they and like there's I think it was in the trailer where they're like you use a scalpel I prefer a hammer and then it cuts to uh, Henry Cavill like just punching the fuck out of dudes I was like yeah and he's like kind of dumb in this movie where he like uh, he's like the big dumb guy and I thought that was a really good addition to this group I was like I want to see him in lots of movies but uh, he won't be. Not saying not a spoiler or anything like that. It's just like he's not going to be back. So they write his character off much like Jeremy Renner. He's not in these anymore. He never died in the movies or anything like that. But uh, I would have really enjoyed just you know what I want Jared? I just want two solid hours of Henry Cavill shirtless beating the shit out of people. Get him in a remake of Hard Times. Uh-huh. Him, and ben, him, him and Ben Affleck. And that's the showdown at the end. Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck just beating the fuck out of each other for like half an hour. Yeah, would, feeding each other's body blows. Uh, if liver if kicks. only our dreams could come true. Yeah. So, anyways, it's uh, it's fine. Well, was, was, hey, RJ, wasn't that movie called Batman versus Superman? Yeah, which yeah, I except enjoyed. they they weren't shirtless. They were they weren't in, shirtless, in, in, which is a big deal. In armor and you do Teflon get that shirtless. Shit working out montage with Ben Affleck, which I like a lot. I watch that almost two, three times a day, but uh, it's not enough, man. I want more beefy dudes beating up each other. Hmm. Is that so much to ask? Not at all. So that's what I watch, man, on our week off. People are going to be likely disappointed, but uh, what are you going to do? Nothing. Well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Well, I rewatched one movie. Uh, and it was kind of like a half watch for me, but, uh, mm-hmm. the other, the one night last week, Chanel was like kind of drifting around on Netflix <laughs> and trying to find mm-hmm. something to watch. And then I noted that Swiss army man was on Netflix and I went, Oh, Hey, Ooh. Chanel, you should definitely watch that movie. And yeah. she's like, well, like, what's it about? I'm like, it doesn't really matter what that movie's about. You'll, you'll figure it out real soon. Uh, yeah. so she took my word for it because I try not to steer people wrong when I recommend mm-hmm. movies as much as possible. And yeah, RJ, yeah. I was kind of in and out of the room as it was transpiring, overhearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, there was a little bit of concern that she th- was saying that this is a musical. I'm like, it's not a musical. It's got some, no. it's got some, it's got some interludes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I feel this movie uh, holds up pretty well. What did she think? Oh, she liked did it. Did she? Oh, yeah. Okay. She was Good. totally into it. Good. Um, when I, uh, last night when I uh, saw you very briefly, uh, the people I was mm-hmm. meeting, uh, I was I was mentioning this Swiss Army man to them as well and saying you guys should check it out because it's free. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't like it, just turn it off. You don't even have to walk out of the theater like some people apparently did uh, in <sighs> some cities. In some I would have fought in, those in, guys. In some screenings with their uh, backwards visors and spiked hair applauding <sighs> the screen unbelievable if i saw someone walking out of what might be the best movie in the last six years i would have thought i would have fought him okay visor on and everything anyways i do talk hot talk but uh i think swiss army man was fucking awesome i really like that movie Uh, yeah as i was uh talking to my uh my friend mike about this uh the other week as well Mm -hmm. um this movie i don't know i i it's so good in its sincerity in, even though while well, at the same time it's like a very stupid movie but it also yeah. like is smart in its stupidity <laughs> yeah i think this movie uh it's a real cult classic kind of like us yeah some people think that we're getting cult uh cult status because uh we're not the mainstream 
We're not the low stream, but we're that brown stream right in the middle. Oh, yeah. Going down the gutter. You know, the brown. The floatsome. Yep, that's it. Yum. Yeah, man, that, that that that's it for my viewing. Uh, uh, really? What about that hardcore porn you watched? I, I, or was that I, last I, week? No, that was a couple of weeks ago. I've just uh, cooled right off, man. I haven't that's watched okay. nothing. I just uh, I feel like uh, if I was trying to watch anything, I would just be half yeah. watching it and just kind of like, eh, I don't want to do this. See, that's why I chose last week to watch fucking fifteen DBZ movies. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's Which, like, if anyone's still here after I talked about that, they're real fans. That, this is very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't really want to read anything. I don't want to watch anything. Um, I just want to be. So I just, like, do, I find things to do that aren't consumption-related. I don't know. I was drawing. That was nice. Nice change of pace. But Consumption. Yeah. Are you saying that you're creating over there while I'm sitting here in your office doing stuff that you couldn't you couldn't even imagine in your hey, worst dreams? Right now, uh, where you're sitting, you're content mm-hmm. generating. Oh, I'm generating all right. That's right. But it's not content. No. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's kind of... Uh, Spe- you know, hey, speaking of... Uh, consumption of shit in the world hey rj yep. got, you got any news for us holy fuck do we have news yeah what a what a Funny. what a couple of weeks it's been what a week to uh take off hey so uh, hey uh, i guess the first would be that uh Lethbridge was in local or global M- news multiple <laughs> multiple global news Mm -hmm. uh the other day uh the one i was going to talk about was how a pregnant woman was served um cleaning fluids uh instead of a latte uh at a mcdonald's that made global news so uh, that happened right it made yeah yeah i guess uh got that shared with about bbc which is posting that stuff now, do you, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that the uh, the woman involved is like blonde and like click and clickbaitable? People will be like, "Oh, what's what's what happening to this pregnant?" What do you mean by clickbaitable? Could you well, explain? Like people that? like usually it's like in your stories, it's like eh, that could happen to anybody, but it's like, "Oh, look at her! Look at the innocent blonde woman being forced to drink could, chemical slop from McDonald's." Could you repeat repeat the way that you breathed? When you just said, look at her. Look at her. <laughs> <sighs> uh, people can't see, but Jared has no shirt on at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Creepsville was in news. Uh, what was your news about oh, Creepsville? Well, uh, in, actual, in, in real Creepsville, uh, there was a, a Dutch man uh, was arrested uh, over, over in Europe because uh, he was uh, making young men do bad things he was oh jared don't talk sexually about that on the them and one of them was a 14 year old boy from lethbridge jared <laughs> we didn't we, you didn't need to bring them. we're yeah. the podcast is going to be flagged now as <laughs> inappropriate and it's going to be take yeah. taken down no, you could have did you hear that news today where some guy in lethbridge got a, a disease from his dog and his hands and his feet had to be amputated no Apparently, it's like a one in a thousand thing, but it does happen, and it happened to a guy in Lethbridge. Hmm. He got a disease from his dog, and his hands and his feet were amputated. Whoa. Also in Lethbridge news, <laughs> there is a magazine that uh, ranks Canadian cities, and uh, last year, Creepsville ranked 89, 
do you know what it ranked it this year? What? 209. Whoa. It dropped 120 spots in one year. You just Google our vocal news to see if uh, you can find out why it uh we were in the global new or in canadian national news at least last week for uh our um municipal politics so yeah you figure that out on your own pal yeah basically we like to roll around on used needles in the streets well i wouldn't say like but we have to yeah you know <laughs> we're made to we have it's no part choice. of life, buddy. Yeah, we're we're. You want to go swimming? Well, you got to go swim in the needle pool, and the poo pool. So the, many, so many tales. So yeah, that, oh. that's that's my favorite though. Is okay. So this is great. This is wonderful. Yeah, okay. This is, this is our opportunity. This. No, there's there's nothing much to talk about. Apparently, so you know, summer comes. Uh, all those outdoor pools open their doors, and people just come wading in, wanting the to take a dip. Uh, but some people take this opportunity while in the pool to shit themselves uh mm. diarrhea not, not just some people stool. so it's, many people yeah this is so what happens when people poo in the pool uh, in our neck of the woods is that causes pools to shut down for up to 24 hours so mm-hmm. very very popular uh like pools in town have been rocked by this controversy of people just shitting themselves children adults just shitting in the pool and uh of course this really takes a bite out of people's swim time when they have all these big plans birthday parties or they're gonna go oh man it's gonna be so much fun at the spray park it's like no it's not because somebody Mm -hmm. took a shit this has gotten so bad that they've now introduced uh, like plastic pants uh that they have in case people yeah uh as seen in tim and eric awesome show great job uh d pants uh been introduced so you can just you know let Mm -hmm. loose you don't have to worry about the repercussions um so yeah that's fucking hilarious to me um and i don't know rj uh what what are your opinions what's going on in our fair city I went to that pool last year. Yeah. And now I kind of wish, like, uh, I feel like I shouldn't have. Why? Well, there wasn't a problem last year. There was a problem last year. It just wasn't in the news. Oh, okay. If it's that big of a problem this year, I guarantee there was a problem last year. I, I think I think since the beginning of time, man has pooed. Has, has dumped in water. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just take a big old sip. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Creepsville is living aptly up. named. It's living up to the hype. Yeah, it's living up to the hype. But yeah. uh, there was actual movie news last week, Jared. Yeah, All I sorts. know there was at that San uh, Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can talk about trailers very briefly because we don't would, need to I, talk about them that much. I'd like to actually talk about these trailers. Um, okay, well, you you take it away. I feel well, like you're a man with uh, drive and motivation, so I'm not going to stand in your way, pal. Well, thanks. Uh, so. Because Marvel, Disney, whatever, they uh, just kind of said, no, we don't need you anymore, San Diego. Uh, Warner Brothers can run away with it mm-hmm. and uh, demonstrate their movies, get the big push on their ship. So we had, the, we, had that, we had that fuck Batman thing that I still don't understand what's going on. Like, I just, I don't care. Uh, the fact that people are mad about it or pretending to be mad about it, just like, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Um, yeah, but, we, but, but we got some some superhero trailers. You know, my favorite uh genre or subgenre yes. of the action genre uh, we had aquaman yes we did um, we had that you, aquaman so i have you, something to say about yeah, this. yeah go ahead you go ahead uh i am a longtime uh supporter of aquaman 
I have an Aquaman t-shirt. I, I wore that shit pre-BVS days before people knew about that Jason Momoa. Uh, I really like Aquaman. I feel like that dude doesn't get enough uh, credit. I, I think the reason is if you ever watch Batman Brave and the Bold, he's really funny in that show. Uh, and he's really good. So I like that Aquaman. I like how goofy and zany he is. So I watched this James Wan trailer uh, where it is very hijinks adventure swashbuckling themed it seems uh there's a lot going on in this thing uh there's a lot of generic stuff that you i was hoping wouldn't be in there a lot of generic superheroes type stuff but then you have scenes of like black manta in like saudi arabia or something uh just blowing up like or not even saudi arabia like some kind of like turkish town just blowing up houses and you're like ooh, that looks cool and then you have uh dudes like ocean master riding like giant alligator things in this in the ocean and i was like ooh, that's cool so i think this movie will more than likely be bad but uh i think i will enjoy it because of how goofy it is um yeah my experience with this trailer um yeah I didn't think much of Jason Momoa in that Justice League movie. Um, yeah. I've He's never, there. I've never really been that impressed with him. I mean, whatever he was the call in Game of Thrones, but whoever, yeah, that was for like all, three episodes. Yeah, all he needs is like a big dude with shaggy hair, and that's about all he brings to the table. Uh, if anything mm-hmm. with him, I've seen. Uh, he sucked as Conan apparently, or at least that movie just sucks. Um, so yeah, I don't really care. It's interesting that he went with this guy instead of like the traditional, very blonde and white I Aquaman. Think they reversed it, right? Because it looks like all the Atlantans are blonde, and he is the non-blonde. Oh, I think so. I think they reversed it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Who cares about that aspect? Yeah. I guess other than it's like I just when I visually think about Aquaman, I'm like he's just like a little squeaky clean blonde hair guy. But it doesn't really matter because yep. he just needs to be a fish man. Um, yes, and. Go with that big hunky guy. Um, anyway, that the trailer though, fuck, it's just like the CGI in that. Uh, I, I know there's the, the excuses that come out. Well, it's not finished when you see it in the trailer. It's like no, it pretty well is. Comes like, out in like three four months. Yeah, it's like it's done. Like you can't. Oh, we'll tweak it a yeah. little better. It's like no, it's not going to get much better than that. And like the underwater effects of them like floating in the water. It's just like, yeah. oh man, and the writing badass and uh stuff like that i just it looks like total garbage my man yeah yeah i I thought you would hate that and like it's like i said i'm pretty sure it'll be bad but i also am pretty sure that i'll enjoy it regardless so whatever yeah what about that other dc property Uh, so we had shazam exclamation point shazam Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that so Shazam of all DC characters, he's getting yep. a movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're very familiar with the the, the whole concept of Captain Marvel. Uh, I am, but the, the history might of, not be. Well, it's not the most interesting. So there's this guy, his name's Captain Marvel, but because of a weird like legal thing, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, uh, DC Comics cannot just call this thing captain marvel like they used to back in the day they have to they can only refer to the, any title or use of him on the f- cover of the comic books as shazam or power of shazam in marketing but in in story he's captain marvel and yeah. i'm not sure if that's going to i think was that in so the movie? Did I, they actually... I no they never call him captain marvel and like i'm pretty sure so they talk to the wizard and the wizard's like say my name and then they say shazam so i think they're just completely bypassing it 
And uh, I think in the comic books, the the last time I remember reading Captain Marvel was pre-New 52, which would have been like uh, five, six years ago. So I think that was... I think that's when they probably ended it, and I think it was because of le- legality. Well, it's like it's, they that that legal thing has been resolved. I think it's more just like, yeah. well, if we call people this guy Captain Marvel. People will be, well, that's goddamn. It's like this is owned by Marvel Comics, and they don't want to do mm-hmm. that. They're weird. These people who run these companies are very. Uh, they have a, a worldview, and that might confuse mm-hmm. them a lot. And other people, I, it, yeah, I learned a few things this week, including how dumb people are. But that's nothing new. Um, yeah, this trailer uh, is kind of more in the vein where Aquaman looks like a generic, dumb action movie, uh, courtesy of James Wan. Shazam mm-hmm. looks like your Ant Man type of affair, kind of your yes. kind of goofier, lighthearted superhero movie that's like you know more in line with like mystery men than it is, um, yeah. say, Venom or something like that. Oh yeah, that Venom trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I this Shazam trailer was like it really lays out the movie in the most like, hey, this is what the movie's going to be like. You should watch it, please. Whereas Aquaman's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have to lay it out so much because people will be like, oh, hey, I'm just here to watch this crap, like this special effects stuff. Shazam's mm-hmm. like, hey, we have we have a story, you guys. It's about a kid, and he's got like a, a crippled friend, and they're orphans, and they're oh, they're, there's a story. You, you're really going to care about them. Remember, remember Stranger Things. Remember, mm-hmm. remember it. We're, we're going to make mm-hmm. it so it's about kids, right? So, and then Chuck is Captain Marvel. And then goofiness. And I never watched Chuck, so I'm totally uh, naive to uh, as this a, guy. As am I. As am I. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I knew you would like both of those, so I'm glad that you watched them and uh, that you enjoyed them very immensely. <laughs> I, I would say that I'm a little bit more high on Shazam than I am on Aquaman, though. I um, figured based on yeah. the trailers. But then RJ, there was the trailer for Gojira two, uh, Godzilla. Uh, King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Uh, directed by right. uh, Trick or Treat dude, Michael Doherty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's kind of, his the scale of the movies he's worked on has amped up. He went from from trigger oh, yeah. from like for direct directing movies, like he did that Trick or Treat to Krampus to Godzilla. Um, mm-hmm. And hey, it's got that girl from Stranger Things. Oh, you mean Miley Bobby Brown? Yeah. So she's in there look, looking at things longingly, whimsically. Um, but yeah. yeah. Vera Farmiga's in there. Uh, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. So with this trailer, um, I am cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair to say? Uh, uh, I'm I'm all in. Yeah. I thought I thought this thing fucking blew my dick off. I was like, yeah. Check it out. We got Rodan. We got Mothra. King we Ghidorah. got King Ghidra. What do you? Where do you fall on that? Is it Ghidra or Ghidorah? I, I'd say Ghidorah. Oh, sure. Okay, I'm gonna go with Ghidra just so that we have some kind of animosity Contrary. here. Perfect. Yep. Anyways, I, I thought that trailer looked really good. Uh, I watched it and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "I think this movie might be okay." Well, as long as we get more monsters in this movie than we did. The, the first which time it out. looks like we will so. right but i mean we'll see do you think angerus is gonna make an appearance mm, he might he might be doing the job he might be doing the job uh i can't wait until they remake biolante 
Oh, yeah. One, one, uh, one of the premier Godzilla flicks. One of the things I was actually really impressed with with that uh, trailer was the color palette that was, like, on display. Yeah. Like, the, like the look. There's, like, the one bit with, like, some somebody running up a bunch of, like, ancient staircases or, like, up a big, like, throne room or something like that. And you're almost oh, it's like, Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's just running up, and he's like, that looks really good. And uh, I don't know. I'm, we'll see. Because when's that out? Next year sometime? Yeah, not for a long fucking time, like March or April next year. That's not, it's not that long. Hey, that's a long fucking time. It's, it's too long. I want to wait. RJ, it's August. Maybe I'll rewatch all, all 32 Godzilla movies again. Ooh. As that was pre-podcast days, so people don't know my opinion on those. Well, I guess they wouldn't know mine I never either. ranked. I didn't make a ranked list. I've, I've rated some of them. There's a whole lot of boring movies in there. You know what we could do instead? We could just both rewatch that uh, Gamera trilogy and then uh, talk about the the real premier giant monster kaiju series. Yep, it's what it's what all these movies are going should be trying to be, and they're just they're just falling short. Mm-hmm. And it would, be, it would be actually this new one does kind of have Gamora aspects to it. This idea of like, yeah, pl- like planetary correction and uh, stuff yeah. like that, which is like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll see. But like, it's one thing having a like Japanese perspective on that uh, com- compared to a Hollywood screenwriter's perspective of like, how do you yeah. handle this? And it's like a group of people who are like are about concerned about the environment, but in- they're going to wipe out humanity. <laughs> it's just, it's like kind of like, oh, we'll see. Well, you can only build back from the rubble of the previous world, Jarrett. Everyone knows this. Yeah. If you had watched Mission Impossible Fallout, you would have known that great peace comes from great suffering. Huh. Is that what that movie's about? Uh, they, they say that about a hundred times, and then they also say your mission, should you choose to accept it, about nine times in this movie. Bum, 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 bum. So, hey, uh, what do you think of that Venom trailer? Do you think that was hot stuff? I didn't watch it. Uh, I have an opinion on that. I think Venom looks cool. But at, at the same time, I think uh, that third act of that movie is going to be symbiotes all over the place. Symbiotes. And it's gonna, symbiotes. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a big CGI mess, and it's going to probably not be great. But no. uh, I do think Venom looks cool. Uh, hey, you, you know what else is news? Uh, what? What were you going to say? James Gunn. That's it. Yeah. So as of we're, we're as of this it, as of yeah yeah we're late uh, as of this recording though, um, mm-hmm. James Gunn has still not been rehired. Though Disney says they they likely won't. Oh yeah, that's a I just saw a press release press release that Disney Marvel uh, put out today uh, a mere okay. hour or two ago. Oh, and they said uh, we understand that uh, previous actions uh, shouldn't be held accountable for like today's standards or something like that but they're like in the wake of the quote hashtag me too era end quote they said we do not feel uh it is like right to uh still have ties with james gunn or something like that so they basically were just like yeah we hear you but we're not gonna hire him back do you think that it has anything to do with like the week of all that happening he handed in the script for Guardians 3. Yeah, it was like five days before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I know there's like way more political entertainment style because that uh, agenda was, underneath. That was fast. It's like, I mean, it's kind of amazing how quickly 
companies will act when they want to act on it. Because Roseanne, that was a f- like by the time you heard about it, it like what what, cons- was, what what event and like she was just fired. And it's like fired. that's like an actual thing that she said the day of, and she was like, and that was she was shit canned, and the show was canceled like the same day practically. Yep. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm like, no, it was like the same day. And the James Gunn thing. They, it's like yeah. I woke up, like, or like I, I popped on. I woke up. That wasn't in the news. And then like later in the afternoon, I looked it up and was like, wait, what's happening with James Gunn? And it's like, wait, mm-hmm. he's been fired. Like you're kind of like, well, is this a story about him? It's like, no, he's like been fired off of like that movie, I guess. And you're just like, for what? And then it's like, wait, these tweets. It's like that was a story back when the first movie came out, and uh, mm-hmm. no one gave a shit then. And then. Um, now they care. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah. I only, yeah, I, I know. I only have two things to say about it. Two things, and people might yeah. not like it, but whatever. I always keep it real. That's why I'm here, baby. Uh, number one, those are bad jokes. They're, yeah, they're not like bad, they're, not like bad yeah, taste. Not, I was just like, yeah, oh, they're those lame. Are just bad jokes. Yeah, they're lazy, stupid, crappy jokes. Those are bad jokes. So yeah. uh, you should have just deleted those years ago because of how bad they were. Pretty and, much. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that, and then number two, uh, this is the world people asked for. So whatever my opinion for or against these things are, I'm not going to say, but all I'll say is, uh, this is what people wanted, right? And everyone will go after one person for it. But, uh, then when your, your hit Hollywood director gets shit canned for it too, then us suddenly it's okay i guess i don't know i don't know maybe maybe not it's just it feels that's what it feels like to me as a outside viewer it's like when is it okay then is it you either got zero tolerance or you can or just go back to the way it was where it's like people can say whatever the fuck they feel like Hmm. i don't know i don't know jared maybe that's an edgy maybe people will have uh take take uh you know I, I can't talk. Maybe people won't like that opinion. I just it's, all I'm saying is I feel like this is the world people wanted. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, and so yeah, the the weird moral outrage thing that's yeah. happening with people online and they're using social media in that way. It's like yo, it cuts both ways because it's like, but if it's yeah. hilarious, because like then one side will complain about it happening to them, and then they'll like not even like blink an eye and using it against mm-hmm. people that they don't like. And it's just exactly. like, and it just kind of keeps going and going and going. Um, yeah. It's kind of like our, our, ba- our patented banter. Yeah. It cuts both ways, baby. It escalates. It escalates. Well, and well, then, uh, then eventually you reach detente, hopefully, or mutually mm-hmm. assured destruction. Exactly. Uh, I actually talked to someone on the weekend who wants to be on the podcast. So, uh, you have a replacement coming, pal. Oh, cool. And let me tell you, they can edit like you ain't never seen. Can I have my? But it doesn't matter because I edit every episode, anyways. Can, can, can I have my microphone back? No. Oh. I'm. Oh Jesus! Someone's knocking on your office door. That's upsetting. Or not on the door. There's someone in the hallway, Jarrett, and they're hitting the wall. Oh. I don't feel safe. That's fine. They can. Uh, they can fly kite. Ooh. See you next Tuesday. Am I right? That's right. All right. Well, it seems like the those ruffians have passed. So, okay. they're they're not going to break in and uh, rough you up. Show you what for. Not yet. So, if I don't come back after the break, you'll know why. That's fine. Um, so, anyways, mm-hmm. uh, and people News. who who uh, the one that drives me the most nuts about it is people who think that like you can never 
ever make a joke about like these like anything bad happening to children. And it's like, well, have people not been making Roman like Roman Catholic priest jokes like for fucking ages? Mm-hmm. And suddenly now or it's like just... it's not ever funny. How could you say this in a world like oh my god? Well, I like, think what planet do you live on? Yeah. I think there's there's good jokes and there's bad jokes. As long as it's funny. Isn't that what yeah. Jerry Seinfeld says? He's like, as long as it's funny, I don't give a shit what it, the well, joke is about. And, and the these same types are trying to go get like other comedians, your Sarah Silverman's, yeah. your Patton Oswalt's. Mm-hmm. It's like they made these jokes. But those ones were actually kind of funny, you know? They're... Well, that's what I mean. It was like, that's what I was saying. It's like, yeah, I know it was like seven years ago. It's just like, those jokes suck, man. Yeah, his. Oh yeah, you're not they're, funny. They're 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 garbage. They're horrible. It's like yeah. Just, I'm gonna make a movie of the Giving Tree, but the tree gives it a little kid a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's not a funny joke, dude. It's like yeah, I know. It's like shit. It's it's shit. It's like that's mm-hmm. about it. It's like I'm gonna lose my job because I'm not funny. It's like well, I can think of a lot of people who shouldn't have jobs because they're not funny. Yeah. Well, you go see Guardians too, and you tell me if you think <sighs> he's funny or not. No. See, that's the thing. It's like I like I like James Gunn's like. Slither was okay. Style. Slither was okay. I like Slither. Super, I think, is pretty good. And uh, yep. and that's about like that's all he's really done with his life. And he wrote some some Dawn of the Dead remake and Tromeo. Did he write Tr- Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake? I believe so. Yeah. Holy shit! And uh, Tromeo and Juliet, which uh, I'm changing my opinion. Yet. I am for James Gunn. There you go. And then now he's in stuck in Marvel Land, but now he's free to now do whatever not. he wants. I guess. Not not quite whatever, because doesn't Disney own forty percent of the market? Oh, but we won't talk about the fact of uh, the collapsing entertainment industry. Yeah, which I heard someone uh, today say that they're not worried about that because it's just entertainment. And it's like, oh, I, I guess you don't want competition in any form. Mm-hmm. I guess I think that's fascinating because it's just entertainment. It's all, it's all for free, and there's no downside at all to that whatsoever. Yeah. Just eat it up, you fat piece of shit. Uh, people will gladly do that, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway, um, we're going to be talking after the break about movies that are like the exact opposite of the stuff we've just been talking about. As we're we're mm-hmm. going into some some some, some Danish uh, <laughs> philosophical filmmaking here. At least one of these is kind of like uh, Aquaman. Yeah. Someone someone comes back from the dead, I guess. A little bit. Does that happen on Aquaman? Spoilers. I have no idea. Oh, Probably. Oh. Someone always dies and comes back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I look out my window Many sights to see And when I look in my window so many different people to be That it's strange So strange You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch Must be the season of the witch Must be the season of the witch Yeah Must be the season of the witch 
And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about the Carl Theodore Dreyer collection, part one. Uh, as we hit the first two films in the collection this week. Uh, the first one, uh, 125 in that collection, Day of Wrath from 1943. Uh, the synopsis and tagline here from Letterboxd. A drama of fear and superstition in the 20th century. In a Danish village in the early 1600s, a young woman named Anne, whose mother was thought to be a witch, develops sympathy towards an old woman, Marty, who is accused of witchcraft. The intervention of Anne's older but kindly husband, Pastor Absalon, saved her mother, but now, urged on by his overbearing mother, he refuses to help Marty. When Absalon's son returns home and is attracted to Anne, it's a matter of time before her family destiny catches up with her. So, uh, Day of Wrath, for me, is a rewatch. Uh, I happen to own this collection of movies. Uh, it came about why Why did I buy this? So 10 years ago or so, I was super into Lars von Trier movies. And I was watching, <laughs> yeah, uh, who uh, people listening to the podcast and only experience movies via the Criterion Collection uh, will remember mm-hmm. he directed the film Element of Crime, one of our least listened to episodes in general because no one watches that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Mm, not not a great Lars von Trier movie on the whole, I'd say. I, I believe it is. I believe it is in both of our bottom five rank <laughs> lists so far out of a uh, hundred and thirty. It's 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 t- it's in my bottom five. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's bottom five, but it's down there. Um, well, anyway, uh, he he's made some really good movies though. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get there one day in the creeps, sure. and uh, maybe I'll, I'll lend you Dogville or something. Um, okay. Anywho, so he so Lars von Trier, a fellow Dane here with uh, Carl mm-hmm. Theodore Dreyer, he holds this guy in high regard. Um, the other aspect of me finding out about this Carl Theodore Dreyer dude is the um, so director Paul Schrader. He wrote a book called Transcendental Style um, in reference to. Three directors, uh, one Robert Bresson, uh, two Carl uh-huh. Dier, uh, Carl Dreyer, and the other is uh, old Ozu Yasujiro Ozu, and like how these three directors from around the same period of time, like there's a bit of like they they were making movies at the same time, maybe started a little sooner than later than the others, um, and how they kind of both deal with all three of the directors deal with kind of like humanity and like personal people like the personalities of people and their interactions mm-hmm. with others in similar ways like while making completely different movies but like they're kind of these like serious-minded dramatists who are very interested in humanity in general um so that was kind of my before i got to i mean ozu there was always something that like kind of I wasn't super interested in at the time, but now I'm like, I think actually he's maybe like one of the best directors ever. Um, Bresson uh, was one of those guys too, who've like, I don't know. I've watched like eight of his movies and like two or three of them are like all time bangers. Uh, and then there's Dreyer here who has directed that movie, uh, passion of Joan of Arc, which uh, I think both you and I uh, probably would have as our like best, movie in the Criterion Collection so far? thus far? Number one, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yep. So, yeah, that all being said. So this was like, I guess for you, uh, the first time you're watching more drier movies because you haven't watched yes. Vampire yet or anything like I, that. Master I of I haven't House. watched any. Just okay. the one. Okay. So, I mean, this movie's made like, what, tw- 15 years after uh, Passion of Joan of Arc? So it's like a big jump in a director's life, uh, I guess, in fr- in terms of like uh 
youthfulness and like excitement and like approaching movies because this movie far more resembles a drama like it's like very it's like there's there's like a lot you can talk about with like passion of joan of arc it's like the fact that it's like all close-ups and the way it's made it's kind of like this top form of like silent cinema in a lot of ways uh day of wrath feels like a movie like it's just like uh, a presentation of things it's very um uh stage like play like and the fact that it's also based on a play that makes sense yeah. Uh, so this movie came out during World War II, which is kind of uh, something that links into this uh, one plot element in the movie. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie for subject matter wise, like that kind of warms it to my heart. Um, witch hunts, uh, 15th century Europe, European filmmaking, melodrama, and just kind mm-hmm. of the general depiction of like patriarchal abuse uh, and just like the mm-hmm. how shitty it is to be a woman. Uh, then, now, and forever. Yeah, so, I mean, the movie's very simple. Uh, in fact, it's, like, very front-loaded, as we get, like, in the first half hour, uh, a woman on the run after being uh, accused of being a witch. Uh, she runs away. She finds refuge, what she thinks is going to be refuge, uh, at the pastor's home. Uh, she's found by an angry mob. The, the people in the house fail to, I guess, protect her. Um, and just kind of like go along with it. And, uh, she is, uh, put to the question, meaning horribly tortured and forced to confess to things and then burnt, uh, alive as was a punishment for witches who admit to it after being tortured into doing so. Uh, and then the, that's like the first half hour, like usually that stuff would happen either like, like later that'd be like a climax almost to the movie, but no, that's like kind of like the, that's actually all set up for the remainder of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which again follows, uh, the, the, Anne, the, uh, wife of the pastor who kind of like has helped with the process of burning this woman alive because I don't know. It's a weird thing watching movies like this. I've talked about this before. My, like this weirdness about watching movies involving witches. And this movie does the walks, the fine line of like, there's no real witch per se and like, anything that sort of happens that might be like a coincidence after the fact is people kind of allowing those things to happen to themselves or complete coincidence rather than like the devil is a real force in which case, well then witches do exist and maybe we should do something about them. This movie handles it in like, no, this is the horrors of like the witch hunt and like the absurdity of like, violently making people confess because of course they're going to confess regardless of whatever faith they have in uh jesus christ they're like if you if you hurt someone well enough they will say anything for you to stop hurting them um so this movie it, it takes place in a more of like a i guess a conventional reality like it's like no witches aren't real it's not like a uh, horror movie um like say like something like the witch where, where it's like oh witches are real and should be stopped um Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm rambling on here. Um, yeah, you did. You were. I were. I were. You were. Um, so yeah, I mentioned the thing that this movie was made in 1943, or at least in 1942 and released in 43 uh, mm-hmm. during World War II. And there's like kind of like this obvious kind of relationship in my mind when I think about like pe- like uh, people who are like being pursued by an angry mob um, or perhaps a government force and people hiding in someone else's house and then being found out kind of uh, and and, and diary Uh, and Frank's diary. Frank, you mean? Yeah. I want to say Anna Anna Green Gables. (laughs) Um, Come on. 
So like, there's like that part of the movie, which is like for a movie coming out during the war, kind of touching on that. It's like, how, like, I'm not sure how aware people were of this process. I mean, they were, even though this movie is being made in another country, but it's also war torn Europe. Um, so it's actually pretty impressive that this movie is getting made during that period of time. Um, you know, you just think that this sort of production would be not, not on anyone's, uh, table of things. Hey, let's make this movie about witch hunts. Um, there's a fantastic line in this movie that, uh, I think, uh, reflects my view of things in terms of like, uh, religion and stuff like that is I don't fear heaven or hell. I do not want to die. It's like, yep, pretty much. That's like the thing that's like, I'm not afraid I'm like of dying because I'm going to go to heaven or hell or not go to heaven and I'm going to go to hell. It's like, I don't want to stop living. That's pretty well it for me. Um, and that's why sometimes when decisions are being made by, uh, fundamentalist types when they're like, well, they have nothing to lose because they believe that there's, this isn't the end of things. Um, contrary to all evidence. Uh, so I was like, yep, yeah, that's a pretty real thing. And like your human body is kind of all you've got going in this world. So I thought that that line was, uh, it explains the, why it's like, yeah, you can just resign yourself to dying and then it's going to work out. Okay. But it's like, well, I don't think that's the case. And so it's, mm. it adds to like the messed upness of the whole situation. Hey, Jared, all I got to say to you is, uh, yeah. absence of evidence. You know what I'm saying, dog? Well, whatever you said there, Skype blinked out completely. No. It totally did. It's hilarious. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Uh, did you get it that time? No. I, did I, it come I, out I, loud and clear? Skype Skype God did not like what you were getting at there. So, uh, Yeah, there's nothing like the use of singing children to go along with the screams of a woman burning alive. It was a good song, too. Yeah. Uh, question for you, RJ. What's worse, the slow burn at the stake or going face first into the fire? Uh, this was a new one for me. Uh, I think when they typically show these things, it is that slow burn yeah. where you're up on the stake and then they jo- might Joan of Arc style. Yeah. Joan of Arc style. Uh, this one, uh, I think I audibly said out loud. I was by myself watching and I was just like, oh shit. Because uh, they just pull this woman up on like a cross and then drop her face first on the fire. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> this is some serious stuff here, man. Um, I think, I think the slow one is worse because maybe if you got dropped head first on it, um, maybe at least you'd be like dazed a little bit and then you'd be mm. so burnt that you would just die. But uh, when it comes from the feet up, I, th- I feel like you would feel at least up to your knees before you pass out. So my counter argument is that I think the burning at the stake is you'll probably die from smoke inhalation. It, it's it sucks. It depends no matter, on how well they prepared that it's, fire. It's, 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 it sucks no matter what. But there's a better. There's a good chance that you will die from smoke and you'll just be dead. Whereas I think if you take that header, like your body uh, is just alive the whole time as you burn. Like it's off. Like bur- burning alive is like one of the worst ways to go. away from my understanding. Um, so yeah, you try. No, <laughs> nah, I'm I'm good. That can be a Patreon goal for yeah. us. Uh, and then, so I'll just leave my last two comments here and then I'll pass it over to you. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the world of this film is really dark and, uh, this movie really presents some uncomfortable morality as like mm-hmm. what I just described is like the first half hour. And then like the remainder of the movie deals with 
uh, as it describes mentioned in the synopsis, uh, the relationship that happens between Anne, her husband, and um, uh, the Epsilon son who's come back uh-huh. in and he's moving in on his stepmom like something out of a porn movie. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it just, it kind of plays out this way and she becomes more and more, uh, a, a bad person. And it's kind of like, is this because of a sexual awakening? Is this because sexuality is what can, can make people go bad? Um, and in this world, uh, it's kind of like, it's like, or is this like the witch's influence? Um, this, this like liberation and freedom is like liberation going to lead to women becoming bad. It's just like, kind of like, that's odd, but of the time and of this worldview. Now, is this like a bigger lesson we take out of this movie or is this just like specific to this particular story? Um, so I don't know. It, one, I mean, I think someone could uh, think of this movie as misogynistic potentially, uh, depending on what you look at. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if we'll you talk. You said it. We'll see. We'll, we'll, I'm going to throw it over to you, RJ, and we'll see what you think about this movie on the whole. Hey. Yeah. Go for it. What do you think about this? You know, you know what you did just now, Jared. What? You talked for about a solid ten minutes. I don't think you ever said if you like this movie or not. I don't know if it's a movie that you talk Warren's about, liking. like, but it's a movie that you talk about like that. Do you want me to talk about it first, and then you can say whether or not you like it? Sure. Okay, so here's the thing with this movie, Jared. Yeah. Uh, I think this is very well made. Mm-hmm. It's got some super cool stuff. Uh, you know I'm a good old Catholic boy, mm-hmm. so I uh, I'm big time up with this Carl Theodore Dreyer. Um, it, that, whenever I say that name, it reminds me of what's that? Uh, not Albert Brooks, you know uh, Mel Brooks. What's that joke where it's like Carl Dreyer? Are they talking about this guy? Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Oh, he's probably <laughs> as old as Carl Dreyer, right? Well, he's still. Isn't go- Carl Reiner still alive? Yeah. Unlike, uh, what's his name, Spartacus, Kirk Douglas. Also alive. Unlike M- him. Mel Brooks. Still and Mel alive. Brooks. Yeah. So anyways, I uh, I think about that a lot when I hear this guy's name. Mm-hmm. Any, what was I talking about? Uh, this movie has very good sets. Uh, it looks real good, I think, for the most part. There's uh, some striking scenes here and there. Uh, I love um, the Catholic themes or not even cat the uh, Christian themes and the Christian imagery and lots of stuff. Uh, and I like the themes that he, he throws in with this stuff. Like there's, there's, there isn't a lot of it, but there's a couple shots of just like men around tables and they're all priests or like deacons or something like that. And they're all wearing the collars and it's just a pile of them around a table. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in the torture scene where it's like the lady, and it's like the, the oldest woman you can imagine. And she's like naked and embarrassed. And mm-hmm. you're just like, holy shit, this is rough stuff. And then it just pans over to like a table of like 12 guys. Oh, yeah. In their uh, priestly clothes just standing around there. So like I feel like What's this the- Carl Dreyer guy. Yeah. I feel like he was. I, I don't know. I never looked into it. So someone might be mad listening to this. I feel like he was a Christian. But he was like, hey, check out this dark shit too. It's like, holy fuck. From what I've seen mentioned in passing, and like, I, I'm i kind of two minds about this. I'm kind of just like going into these movies because we're going to be watching a documentary on him next week because that's uh, yeah. the the fourth movie fourth. in this collection. So I'm kind of like watching these movies and just trying to like feel out what the movies are about rather than like his view. 
I, I sometimes I decide okay. to like go deep into it, and other times I'm like, I'm curious just to watch these movies as they are because the way we're like with Joan of Arc and mm-hmm. with this, like there is like again like the, the the patriarchal sort of stuff like that, and like this sort of view of like men, the world of men is kind of like shitty and horrible. Um, but at the same time, there's like these views of women, which I guess are like kind of. Uh, weird and it kind of it's hard to reconcile but I mean it's a different era too and it's like someone that's mm-hmm. trying to work through this stuff um, in a f- couple months we'll be talking about uh, Haxon which is going to be awesome because that, yeah. that movie's I think pretty cool a- anyway yeah. you were saying um, what was know, I saying about yeah, oh, like, yeah I guess Dreyer Dreyer didn't identify he didn't apparently he didn't identify as a Christian apparently but I, I yeah but he obviously might not have he's like heavily influenced it, but he was, by it yeah influenced or even maybe like not even if his family was brought up that way but you know his neighbor's family or something like that uh so anyways uh i love all that stuff in these old movies i think it's super cool uh not in like a a pushy way it's like oh yeah look at this christian these christian things man i just think it looks cool it's like yeah that's awesome i think part of that though too is like nowadays like you're not gonna see like I don't think I don't know I don't think you're going to see a really well made movie about those themes that like they don't they're not going to yeah. happen the movies that get made like the the Christian movies that get made they're like God is not bad. dead they're bad like they're just like yeah. schmaltzy sentimental poorly made not intelligent like movies like that's like mm-hmm. no one no one wants to watch them and I mean this movie is like it's like a serious drama that deals with these things when that's like Christianity was like I mean obviously Christianity is still like a pretty important factor in day to day life uh, for many many people but like mm-hmm. it's prominence and like appearance in things is like kind of left out like there's like the there is like a real strain of like liberal humanism that exists in a, a lot of filmmaking Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of like interesting to watch a movie at this point in time that like is fully engaged in it in a way that is like unsentimental. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you, dude. Dude. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's the movies nowadays are a little goofy and they all star that guy who is Hercules. You know, the one <laughs> um, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> they all star star that guy. Mm-hmm. But whatever uh my point was i think this is a well-made movie it looks really cool Uh, i liked it for the most part but i really enjoyed the first half an hour Mm -hmm. where it's like the persecution stuff and it's like yeah this is very passionate jonah arky it's very much the same kind of thing and i know it sets up like the drama for this the back end like the other two-thirds of this movie but I feel like once they left that, once they like toss that old lady on the fire <laughs> and then it goes into this like family drama about like it's like forbidden love, but also like guilt and grieve uh, grievance and like all these other things. I was like, I don't care about this as much mm-hmm. because you see like the old guy's young wife hitting it up with the son and it was like, OK, I get it. But then you and then it's like the old lady. It's like that that girl's a floozy. And you're like, yeah, I get that, too. And then I feel like they they were they use that stuff to try to build up this thing where that lady's like, I'm going to curse your family. And then it's like shitty stuff starts to happen to them, but not in like a supernatural way. It's just like, oh, yeah, you married mm-hmm. like a lady who's like 40 years younger than you. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you feel bad because. It. Yeah, and then she realizes it, and then you start to feel bad because you're like, oh, I send all these people off to their death, but 
they're they're all living these like horrible lives and it's like what are we even doing here because like that's his big epiphany is like everyone tells me their sins when they die and it's like holy shit people are bad <laughs> so it's like what are, it's like what is religion I, th- I think like the underlying thing there is just like what what even is christianity or religion in general or it's like why can people just live these horrible lives and then just be like oh whatever i felt <laughs> bad about it and he's like all right i guess you're absolved like yeah i don't know what else to do so and then there's like grieving and there's like guilt about letting that old lady die and be tortured but i feel like the back end or the back two-thirds of this movie i think it's like it feels like two different movies to me like i know why they do that stuff to set up the dynamic with all of these people but i don't know i didn't I didn't like it a whole a whole lot. Like like I didn't dislike this movie at all. Like I enjoyed this movie. It was just I was like I don't like this back two two thirds as much as I liked the build up to it. I yeah. was like I kind of like that well, first yeah. stuff with all these witch trials things. But I guess that's also why I liked Joan of Arc so much. Right. I well, don't know. Well, because yeah, like I said, like that was like my comment about this movie is like very front loaded because it feels like yeah. the whole like the the, the conventional uh, int- like the the whole point of my interests are like in the like the oh witch hunt stuff oh that's interesting in this like really realistic way like a realistic kind of worldview and um, they, they do that and then the movie wraps that part up and then you get also like the real tension of like how like oh is there anyone else you would like to denounce and like that element of like mm-hmm. the witch hunt is also like so nightmarish to me because it's this idea that like all it takes is one person one witch woman that's been accused to like say something about someone she wants to get revenge on and, and then that's all the evidence you need because then they start oh, uh-huh. I, oh I've heard some bad things about you and it, it's like this whole like messed up like uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with uh, your uh, Foucault but like just like the systems of like how society controls itself and like monitors uh-huh. itself and this idea uh-huh. that like all like it just that's like the one thing that's like about like the witch hunt stuff like in the uh, your 16th century is the like oh if you act out of sorts or act a little weird or a little, little too uh, sexy you might you may too be a witch it's like oh you turned down my uh, approach on you lady uh, I'm gonna have to maybe say some words to the local uh, fucking mouth in town and they'll just start saying how you're a witch they saw you uh-huh. under the gallows gathering some magic mushrooms and they maybe even saw you kiss the devil's behind in the woods and Ooh, uh, so it's just like, oh, like that stuff is uh, the fact that, oh, this isn't like fiction. This is like reality. This is a reality for people. Uh, and it's like I actually had a flashback to, to all movies while watching this to Braveheart. Um, oh, at, the, at, the very cool. be, at the very beginning of Braveheart, like when uh, William Wallace's parents get, get like fucking just murdered by the British. Uh, or no, sorry, it's not Braveheart. I'm wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, the messenger uh, in uh, Joan of Arc. That, uh, the hovel. Neela Ju- yeah. No, or Ju- the other one. I've seen the, with or, no, no, sorry. No, the, sorry. Yeah. The, no, it was the messenger. Yes. Yeah, with that like young blonde girl. Yeah, that it's, it's, which is which champion. is a very which is a which is a Braveheart knockoff ish movie because they were trying everyone's trying to make their uh, yeah. their medieval uh, epic, and it's just mm-hmm. like a bunch of like British men break into like an old hut because there's nothing to stop them. There's no police. There's no like security system. They just can be like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna 
eat, I'm going to fucking rape and eat and shit. And that's all my life is. Her, her, her. And there's like the opening shot of like with the the woman who's going to be accused as being a witch in her like hovel. And it's like this massive, like way too big of like furnished like hovel that she's in because uh, mm-hmm. production design wasn't quite uh, as uh, on on the nose as it is now or like as well thought out. And so it's just like looking at this, I'm like, oh yeah, someone could just like come through the village one day in the middle of the night and just come into your door and you're just like, oh yeah, there's no electricity. There's no power. You're just like on your own in this world. Uh, And of course people believed in demons because you can't see anything. And so you're just left to your own imagination about thinking about things that are going to come get you because humanity is so horrible. Yeah, but that's pretty true, though. People do suck. They do suck. And, like, when I watch movies and, uh, like this... I don't know if you know this, but people will get you. Uh, yeah, that, and it still happens. And, like, we're, like, the probably in the best position we've ever been for that not to happen. But here we are. <sighs> but, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so, anyway, um, I agree that this... <laughs> what are like, we talking about here? That, that the... the the hour, the the second hour of this movie after that, yeah. the the opening half yeah. hour. I think we're on the same page for this this bad boy. Yeah, and then day wrath. Yeah, don't be a woman. Don't be a woman. That'll get it'll bring you nothing but problems. So just be like me. Be a white male in southern Alberta, and you'll be okay. Yep, you'll be okay. You can go poo pools and poo all day. Anyone who listens to only the Criterion portion won't know what you're talking about, nope. but that's kind of funny. That's incentive for, to listen to the whole episode. Yeah, go to those full episodes, baby. Ooh, girl. Ah-hoo! Yeah, and uh, you can hear Jarrett sneeze and cough in those, those portions of the uh, episodes as well. That's right. God. It's very We just dropped four-star ratings, <laughs> I, I think, because of that. Um, Next up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ordet from 1955. Mm-hmm. So, Ordet here, uh, the tagline for the film, a legend for today. And the synopsis, the three sons of devout Danish farmer Morton have widely disparate religious beliefs. Youngest son, Anders, shares his father's religion, but eldest son, Michael, has lost his faith, while middle son, Johan, has become delusional and proclaims he is Jesus Christ himself. When Michael's wife, Inger, goes into a difficult childbirth, everyone's beliefs are put to the test. Um, that synopsis misses like a big part of the movie. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. so Ornette, uh, is an, the other movie in the collection that I've seen before. Um, next week I've never seen Gertrude and I've never seen that documentary on uh dryer. So, uh, sure. those will be fresh views to me, but I've seen this Ordet. watching Ordet though. I was like, I recognize this movie, but. I don't remember why I remember really liking this movie. And I was like waiting for like something to come along to be like, why did Mm -hmm. like, why do I like in my mind regard this movie so highly? And then it does come and click into place because while this movie, uh, I don't think it would be a stretch to say this movie is kind of languidly paced, like a a bit slow. It's just a little Mm -hmm. over two hours long. Um, So, the, the element of the movie that like is really missing here from the synopsis is the why things kind of get to the point they are at. So what happens is, so we have this Morton, this old man uh, sitting around in his uh, farmhouse. Everybody kind of like mm, is kind of around at his leisure. Everyone lives at home still with this guy because mm-hmm. it's like I guess in 
because this, I guess this is set in 1925, but it kind of feels like it could be set at like any point in time. There's like, you know, there's no phones, there's no cars. It's just kind of like, oh, this is just life probably for the last like 200 years uh, uh, in old Denmark. So um, Morton has this younger son who it wants to get married to uh, Anne, the, the girl who lives in town, but uh, they don't share the same Christian faith. They're all Christians. Uh, now, this is all just splitting hairs to me, but... You, you want me to fill in those gaps for you, baby? Yeah, yeah, you can get to that uh, here. But anyway, so yep. uh, there's kind of a, I want to get married to this girl, but we have, our fathers have different views on religion, so it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get these, like, I don't know, you get these really charming scenes. I, I really liked with where um, uh, Michael's wife, Inger, is like kind of like sweet-talking the old man, buttering him up, make, getting his pipe mm-hmm. all filled and making biscuits and like everything the way he likes. And he kind of like, by, by the end of it, he's like, oh, okay, what, what's, what do you want? And then he finds out and he's like, oh, like, no, no, he's not getting married to her. It's like sheep should get married mm-hmm. to the same types of sheep. Um, but then, of course, when he finds out that uh, the father of the daughter um, is like against it, he's like, whoa, whoa, why isn't my son good enough for your, your daughter here? And so mm-hmm. you get these things. It's like, it's all very like just, it means a melodrama stuff. It's like all very basic, but never it never feels yeah. that way. Like it it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel American because it's not an American movie. It just uh-huh. you have these like long scenes of characters just talking, and but like you really like because there's not much else going on like in the scenes the way they're photographed. It's like very like play like. You're like actually focusing in on what they're saying and you're actually involved with the discussion. You kind of have an actual sense of like what everybody in the scene wants. Um so in that sense it's like really well developed, I guess. Um and but it's all like these it's a slow burn of a movie. Um and then in the background you have uh, old Johannes, this man wandering around with the Jesus beard and this high-pitched voice so he talks like this and he just is talk, saying jesus stuff He's, he gets he takes off in the middle of the night wandering around in these like beautiful grassy hills and everyone's like like there's all these scenes of them always going after him and finding him and stuff like that and they're i guess beautifully mm-hmm. shot um and then you get back to these rooms of just people kind of like conversing uh around di- dinner tables about like <laughs> life and stuff like that and like again it's like it's all very watchable to me um, in a way that like, I don't know. I, I think that based on these two movies, Dreyer is not as good a director as Bresson Ozu, if you're talking about the mm-hmm. transcendental style. But uh, I mean, he's like, I think really committed to the ideas that these movies are exploring. Um, and in this case, this idea of faith and belief and religion, which is stuff that um, I guess I find interesting from a distance it's nothing that i'm engaged with in any meaningful way um but then i mean like hey i mean you're really uh turning my crank though when you start talking about uh pieces of babies in a bucket um <laughs> yeah, four separate pieces yeah four, four four yeah you had, you had to get it out of there um cool. and that's like when the movie kind of like kind of takes a like a, a decidedly dark turn and very like mm-hmm. oh shit yeah life's life's horrible out here uh in rural communities in farm. 1925 all here yeah, on the farm um mm-hmm. but yeah uh i mean i i watched this movie i didn't take really any notes uh like i have like three sentences here uh yeah. I, I mean the movie really 
comes down to the ending, um, which like I think is like fucking like a horror movie. It's like weird and chilling and like, whoa. And like, I think it's so like, I I think without this ending, I don't know if there's much to write home about with this movie, but like Mm -hmm. the, the statement and like kind of eeriness of the ending, which I see some people like lose their mind on when we get to who hates this movie. Like they Mm -hmm. just fucking think it's bullshit, but I'm like, no, it's, this is where the movie's going. To me, yeah. like, what we'll, we'll, we'll see what you have to say. Maybe, maybe uh, you're on the flip side of me, but yeah, like, we'll get into it, I guess. Uh, RJ, what did you think of Ordette? Ordette. What does Ordette mean? Ordette. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, you look it up. Um, all right, so, uh, like you, I had actually very little notes for this movie, uh, which is the same as Day of Wrath. I didn't have a whole lot of notes for that movie either. I kind of just watched them, wrote down fun things that I thought were funny. The Ordette means Ordette, yeah. the word and was the originally word. originally released in English as the word. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of notes either for these. I just wrote down, down stuff I thought was funny or things that stuck out <laughs> to me. By the way, I forgot to mention Day of Wrath. There was lots of talk about uh, looking into people's eyes as they burnt people alive and again i just i thought about martyrs mm. martyrs is everywhere since since i've seen that movie it's everywhere and especially in these christian films mm. anyways or debt the word uh so i threw this bad boy on and i think i uh related to this one a little bit more than the last one not necessarily because it's like farm stuff because you don't really see any farm stuff you just hear them talk about like the pigs this is our farm yeah it's like we got pigs they got chickens isn't life crazy Mm -hmm. so i don't think it was because of like farm stuff um i don't know what it was i guess i guess it's just the family dynamic it seemed like they had like stuff going on but they all were still like a family. They're like, oh, you is like, oh, hey, Pa, I'm going to propose to this girl. And it's like, you better not. And he like slaps his knee. Like not not as goofy as that. But mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was like, I like this. So I was like, this is fun. This is light. <laughs> this light movie. Um, <laughs> breezy. I, I, breezy. Uh, I liked Ordette more than Day of Wrath, I think. And it's like like we were talking about where I think. The front part of Day of Wrath is good. The back end is not as appealing to me. I think Ordette had a lot more stuff that uh, I I wanted to see. Uh, like, I really liked this crazy dude walking around telling everyone that he was Jesus Christ. And he was just walking around, like, saying hymns and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah. Like... Because he, he's not never really on the forefront. He's just kind of always in the background. I was like, that's a really fun character have to have. It reminded me of, uh, you know, future Criterion creep directors like that have quirky characters like your your favorite Criterion director, Kevin Smith. He's yeah. known for his quirky characters. Yeah. So uh, like I, I really like seeing that guy kind of walk around and do stuff like that. And then there were things about this movie that uh, I thought were like the themes I thought were kind of in line with the last one. Uh, but it was more about morality of not just it it wasn't as much about as morality of faith as it was of as it was about 
like what kind of faith is right, which I guess is still a morality or morality of faith thing. It's like, is it right to have one or the other? Like, aren't all faiths equal in their own right? I think is like something that he tries to go after a lot. And uh, there was one line I liked in this movie um, quite a bit where they're like talking to each other where like the baby is like dead and someone was like, well, you and your lukewarm faith. And I was like, holy shit. Hmm. I was like, that that dude's like cutting at the fucking heart with this one. He's like, well, maybe if you were a better Christian, your, uh, <laughs> your, your, your kids wouldn't have all died. And I was just like, holy shit. This movie's fucking intense. Um, I think this this movie would uh, be really ripe for a remake starring Brian Cox as the old farmer because that guy looks just like Brian Cox. <laughs> uh, starring Jack McBrayer as the son who wants... Uh, the the other girl's hand in marriage because she looks just or he looks just like Jack McBrayer, and then uh, Edward Norton as uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the character walking around with the stick. Uh, they all look exactly like those fucking people, and I was just like, holy shit! I was like, this movie could be remade right now. I think it would be pretty good. Um, what was I even talking about? Have I even talked about this movie at all, or have I just been rambling? I don't know. You've been talking about how you relate to this movie in two ways. In two in two ways did i did i say either no, of those two no, ways no <laughs> just, just, just continue okay i let me rephrase relate uh i liked this movie because of i liked the the down home country setting and i liked uh i liked that it was kind of like like a bottle episode of tv kind of it's like all taking place more or less it's like all taking place in this one room it's like the kitchen farmhouse and everyone's kind of there and you just see stuff in other rooms going on and then they kind of come back and it's these people dealing with this heavy thing. It's like, oh yeah, she's having a baby. It's like, oh shit, this baby's not going to make it. We better hacksaw this baby out of this lady. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, holy fuck, that's dark. And then it's like, oh yeah, the ladies are okay. And it's like, oh wait, that lady died. And you're just like, holy shit, what's going on in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there was one thing I thought was really funny when the grandpa comes in the room. It was either the grandpa or the father and uh, or even the doctor or something like that. Like the lady is like clearly dying and someone goes, is that labor pains? And it was like, well, no shit. Like this lady is like having some pain from labor. I thought that was really funny. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I find this one a little bit harder to talk about, even though I enjoyed it more, I guess. I don't I don't think the ending like wowed me like I could see it wowing other people. It also didn't make me mad either. Mm-hmm. All I could think about was a uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery where <laughs> it's just that quote. It's like sometimes dead is better, right? Sometimes dead is better. Uh, so that's all I could think about. And like it was building up to like the ending it had. I was like, I think they're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. I was like that might I was like, I don't know. This is an old movie. Maybe they're just going to like pretend to get up for it because that would be edgy enough in its time. But uh, I was like, I don't know. I think they're going to go for it. And then they go for it. And I was like, nice. Nice. Well, <laughs> but it didn't It didn't like blow, blow my shorts out. I don't know. I, I think it's – I can't even think of movies that were like they just go, go that far. It's not like every like action movie does the mm-hmm. same idea where it's like the power of love. 
tears, yeah. tears waking people, blah, blah, like Neo, uh, ah, Trinity. Yeah. Like, it's like they did it all the time in those movies. And it's like, it means nothing. It's not moving. It's not like anything. Cause it's just like, oh, these are fantasy movies. Um, so like, Ordette sets up this entire movie. Its whole premise is like this world that's like, like kind of like in Day of uh, Wrath. It's like, it's our world. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It's a conventional reality, um, and there's no, like, the director doesn't have any more knowledge about things uh, than we do. He's not just like, well, if only people really understood that Saruman has the real power in this universe, and then this is actually pretty expected if you look back uh, in the Christopher, like, there's, like, no, like... Did you say Saruman? Yeah. From Lord of the Rings? Correct. So, I mean, there's no, like, fantastic element where it's, like, there's, like, oh, there's, like, a trump card where there's actually a precedent in the historical lore of this world. It's, like, in this, it's, like, no, this is, like, our world, and we have no certainty about anything. And other than, like, life is pretty conventional, and you die, and that's it. That's the end of the story. Unless, like, you fall asleep, and you're mistaken for dead, and then you wake back up. And then they're, Mm -hmm. like, oh, why am I in an ambulance? That sort of, like, that those things do happen, but there's no like direct thing where it's like, Oh, this guy is going to use the power of God and the faith of a young child to just bring a woman back to life in front of a bunch of people. And we, and we get to watch it too as the audience. And it's like, it's ballsy. It's like, kind of like most movies don't do that. Like most movies like beat you down with the fact that that's not going to ever happen. And uh, in this movie, it's like not like this isn't like Lazarus or anything like that, where it's like, oh yeah, this is like what happens in the uh, the Bible, where it's like there's a disconnect to it, and it's supposed to perf- like it's like these are supposed to actually be allegories or kind of like not a historical depiction of things, so you can do those like depict it that way, and it kind of like doesn't feel magical there either. Um, though uh, the one I was thinking about uh, Scorsese's uh, Last Temptation of Christ, because I always have loved the fact that when he shows Lazarus, Lazarus is like rotting and horrible, and uh, the way he would be after several days. And here we don't we don't get to that point exactly with um, the mom with all the anger. Like they, they do though a, a little like they they kind of like sure like, like they would get there. They would get there. It's like is that the next step? Is like oh yeah. she like, how rough she she's well, gonna they look cut like a baby out of a person. I, I'm pretty sure they're gonna get to that rotting corpse stage. Yeah. Um, so there's like that kind of thing where they're showing this like, and it's like, it kind of links back to like the horror of martyrs where it's like mm-hmm. this idea of like, yeah, like these like great, um, lengths are, are taken, uh, to like achieve some sort of like actual depiction of like the reality of religion in a way that's like, it shouldn't be a warm, fuzzy thing. It should be kind of mm-hmm. like terrifying and that's like when one of my like dream projects is always to be like kind of make like a horror anthology of like bible stuff because it's like that stuff's like to me is like this isn't wonderful sunday school crap like this stuff's like really like off-putting hey man old, old testament was dark as fuck like even new testament stuff there's some like elements to that where you're like man like the world's horrible and if you think about like the like if you applied that stuff to now uh i guess like nick cave wrote a novel uh that kind of like is set in a universe where it's like the old testament's real like where it's like oh this is like the world governed by it and like the idea that angels still kind of come down and do things it's like oh this is a world where that could happen but it wouldn't make any sense like it would be just kind of more cool yeah i know yeah i can't remember the name of the book off the top of my head it's got a striking title yeah look it up but um so yeah for me like this ending like i i think the ending's so 
good because there's like really good filmmaking going on. Like actually there's a couple other bits too I'll mention. Or like the music, there's like the use of music in this. Like I I think about the one of the last few movies we watched where the music really bugged me was Sullivan's Travels. Where like it's got that real goofball music. We were like, man, this is like not a good aesthetic choice. They they should have gone in a different direction. This goofball music telling you that this is comedy, and this movie like has very minimal music other than like a couple of things where it's like, oh, we're gonna make you moved here. Um, but like during the whole like funeral sequence, there's like no music. There's no like other than the people's voices chatting. The 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 thing where time freezes, like where the clock stops. And, it's just, mm-hmm. and, it, and it kicks back in after a period of time. Um, just like all those little things to kind of like take you away to this sort of like cinematic space of like, will they or won't they do this? And like, I mean, rewatching the movie, like I knew like, cause like that was like the point where like after, after like the, uh, the miscarriage, I guess they have, what do you want to call it? The miscarriage, the, the botched childbirth. That's when Still the movie, that, that's, that's where the, uh, the movie go, makes me go, Oh, it's that's what's that's where this movie's going again. Because I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about it. I'm like, it's like, why is this movie like stuck in my head? And I'm like, right, the end of this movie, which is like, I don't know, it doesn't have a lot of precedence to me that I'm aware of where a movie goes like, oh, hey, hey, this woman, a woman literally comes back to life. And they've depicted it in this movie. And I mean, that's the only way you could mm-hmm. do it because you can't do it in real life. Uh, we've never seen like. I don't know. What do you I've, mean you can't? You, you can't do it in real life, RJ. You cannot just like decide, hey, uh, if I'm just, if I'm going to really believe that God is going to bring this person back to life, they're going to come back. And that movie just kind of suggests, well, because no one really actually believes in God enough for that to happen. Because if you did, it would happen. And it's kind of maybe, like maybe you can't. Well, that's and it's, it's a kind of a fascinating thing where it's like is that the only reason why people don't come back more often is because like no one really believes enough and it's only through the power of a child and a guy who's like may or may not actually be Jesus or like he's really figured it out and it's like going to cause this rebirth of Christianity in the land that's that's needed in these trying times um I think the thing to keep in mind is that you're a heathen and you don't fully embody the body of Christ and you don't really understand and um (laughs) You know, maybe if you uh, if you were a little bit better, you would know what's going on here. But uh, you're you're bad, dude. Yeah. Um, you're bad dude. I, I I am glad though that uh, Michael here is uh, agnostic enough to like. Oh, hey, I just literally saw a, uh, my wife come back to life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to believe. I'm I'm back. I'm back in the. <laughs> you got me back, baby. Yeah, our baby is if with with God. He's alive in heaven. It's it's all good. Yeah. He's not dead anymore. It's all good. But it's just like. Oh man, the ramifications of this. Like, there's like, I mean, again, like this comes back to a day of wrath. Like, um, there, there's the the ramifications of this worldview in reality, mm-hmm. and that's like why it's kind of like, it's it's kind of to me, it's kind of horrifying rather than like, oh, see, I find like good Christian movies come along that's like really show that like everything's going to be great and it's like well this is a movie that like i guess like has its grounding in like a, a christian worldview but presents it in reality and like the fact that like how we we view the world rubbing up against this sort of like spiritualism uh kind of presents it's like this is a really uncomfortable morality which is what i was kind of mentioning with day of wrath um but in that movie there's like kind of like more of like what's going on with this woman and like but like well is the fact that she's become sexualized and like she, I mean, it makes her want to kill her husband now. 
because she wants to be liberated from this. And she doesn't want to just get a divorce because that's not going to happen uh, in that time and place. The only way you're going to get divorced is if somebody's dead. Sexual liberation. Yeah. Somehow our podcast always seems to come back to that. Every uh, Everything comes back to that. Every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you, dog. <laughs> no. No, I don't know. It's like I said, I find it kind of hard to talk about our dad. Uh, I, I think I enjoyed it more. Yeah. But uh, I don't really, I don't think I really said why. I kind of talked for a while, but I don't know. Well, I, I think the I think the ending is cool. I think the old guy farmer is really cool. I don't know. I think it's just a it's an entertaining movie. Like it's a good watch. I I feel like you can watch it front to back and be like, nice. I'm into this. Nice. Maybe maybe not. I think there's probably some people who really hate this thing. But uh, speaking of, which, I wonder if they have uh, ulterior motives on why they don't like it. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, who hates these movies? Mm-hmm. First up is Day of Wrath. The lowest ratings, like there's like a half star, and it's like, who, yeah. care, who cares about that? Uh, two stars from uh, J- Jake here, uh, De Eisenstess, Eisenstess, something like that. Jake Eisenstess. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and call me a Philistine, but I'm presently Good. at zero for five into Dreyer's filmography. I know I'm supposed to love him in order to be able to call myself a true cinephile. You're not. It doesn't. Who cares? But there's just something about his Scandinavian Puritanism that rubs me the wrong way. To be fair, I can see a common stylistic thread that runs from him through Bergman, Tarr, and to a lesser extent Tarkovsky, all of whom count as great auteurs who I've never really Mm -hmm. responded to, so make of that what you will. At least I saw this on a great-looking 35mm print, so if nothing else, I sort of have a newfound appreciation for some of Dreyer's editing and especially blocking, which eluded me in his previous work. However, I doubt that this is actually any better or worse than Ordette or Gertrude, but I can say that I enjoyed it a little bit more for what that's worth. I mean, at least now I can sort of see why a bunch of my favorite filmmakers, Hal Hartley and uh, Eugene Green not the least of whom, swear by him. Unfortunately, whatever newfound appreciation I have gained for Dreyer's distinctive style is marred by my complete disengagement from this film's subject matter. Dreyer's austere mise-en-scene is challenging enough, but the severe, ponderously puritanical themes don't help at all. On the surface, I guess it's sort of the director's most conventional narrative that I've seen, which might be part of why I didn't hate it as much as some of his other films, but it's still really not fun at all. No humor, no liveliness to speak of. I get that's part of the point, but the dourness gets stultifying very quickly. At times, the plot could almost pass for a romantic melodrama, but one drained of life and injected with alienating Protestant morality, especially when it seems like Dreyer actually agrees with the most puritanical characters. To be fair, I can see how someone could say pretty much the same thing about Bresson, except I don't think any French filmmaker is as utterly incapable of joy as this crabby Dane. To his credit, as I noted above, Dreyer's influence on Mm. cinema is obvious. The thing is, he seems to have most directly influenced other filmmakers I have similar problems with, namely Bergman. Humorless chamber dramas are not my thing. I confess, I was tempted to laugh a few times watching this, although I'm pretty sure the humor wasn't intentional. The entire notion of contemplative cinema, in particular, owes much to Dreyer's wet fuse pacing and long, unbroken takes. The only problem is, I guess I don't really like contemplative cinema that much. Not to be confused with films that are actually contemplative as of having ideas, which I think describes all the films I like. Are you, are you done? I'm done. I'm done. This Jake fellow has 
their ratings bar, it's not a bell it's not a bell curve. It is a straight line. They have about three hundred ratings for every single star rating you can have. There's three hundred for five stars. There's two ninety nine for four and a half. There's three hundred for four stars. All the way down to half stars where there's three eleven. This person, Jared, gave Vertigo one star. This person, Jarrett, gave Inherent Vice five stars. This person, Jarrett, gave My Man Godfrey five stars. This person, <laughs> this is not a good person. He's a bad guy, bad dude. Just a pretentious dude, it seems like. But, you know, uh, you what, know. I want to hear something funny. Uh, so what? I got a notification on Letterboxd of uh, my review for Star Trek The Motion Picture was apparently uh, cited on uh, a podcast. And the person, really? and the people doing the podcast actually t- uh, left a comment saying, hey, your review is used that way. And I went, oh, I won't be doing that with people. <laughs> so... Oh, well, whatever. Who... So I'm always like, like I read that review and I completely stand by it. Like, uh, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe they'll uh, give me the who hates treatment and so and, and they'll judge my uh, favorite films. Whatever. If they're doing it, they copied us. If anyone's interested, they can uh, find my review and follow that link because I'm not doing it. Uh, Roland Saint Laurent, though, two stars, two for Day of Wrath. Another molasses paste effort by Carl Dreyer. The paste didn't bother me as much as this time around, probably because at this point I expect his films to move slow as shit. But Christ, did that ending completely sour the film for me. I was really enjoying it. Oh, maybe? No, it's, yeah. Uh, I was really enjoying it because there's nothing better than seeing a hypocritical pastor getting cuckolded by his own son. But the final scene, while inevitable, sucked all the pleasure out of the previous hour. A woman's youth is stolen by a powerful old geezer. She finally gains some control over it, and then, bam, she gets punished at the end. I guess I can now add Dreyer to the list of genius filmmakers that I just don't like, alongside Godard and Antioni. This Roland dude? Yo. He likes some pretty hot movies, like Babe, Pig in the City, In the Mouth of Madness, Extro, my alien movie, baby. The Devil's Possession. Some pretty good shit. Well, I thought there for a second you were going to see The Sandlot, which reminded me there's apparently a oh. Sandlot prequel film coming. Uh, I thought that already came out and people rejected it. Oh, well. Like, I'm going to reject you in time. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. People, right? People. Hey, Am I right? Or, or debt, though. Half a star Ooh. from uh, Peter Putzel. <laughs> It Excuse isn't me? very often I watch a movie that makes me want to follow it up with Schindler's List as a mood lightener, but Ordet is one of those films. It is depressing, depressingly slow, and then a little more depressing. I may have watched part of this film with a plastic bag duct taped around my head. Then a foolish ending you joke about but don't really believe will come. Well, maybe you believe it just a little bit comes. And broken household items follow. A dog may be kicked. Clothing may be torn in rage. I'm torn between recommending it for the sheer stupidity of it and the insane ending or warning all of humankind to stay away. It's a terrible film either way. Viewer beware. Is that all this fucking guy has to say? Yeah. RJ, have you you, you ever felt like kicking a dog because of a movie? No, because I'm not a piece of shit. And uh, Like this loser. What's this guy like? Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Amadeus, Howard Hawks is the thing, Black Narcissus. 
I don't think any of these movies are really his favorite movies. Yeah. He also has Return of the uh, Return of the Jedi, Last Mohicans, The Big Short. Oh fuck, nobody gives a shit about The Big Short. <laughs> Hell or High Water. Good Christ. Half a this guy's all over the map. Added, but from Bob P. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did I watch this? For whatever reason, I find almost all of Dreyer's films infuriating, chock full of insufferable characters with few or no redeeming characteristics. This is one of those movies. And the end? Fuck that noise. Go watch The Passion of Joan of Arc instead. That is a great movie. This person seems pretty hot on themselves. Yeah. They gave uh, Seventh Seal five stars. They gave Indiana Jones The Last Crusade five stars. Huh. You know what else they gave five stars, Jared? What? Boyhood and Inside Out, the most <laughs> overrated piece of shit Pixar movie ever made. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. That movie sucks. And this guy's opinion sucks too. He's really into Mel Brooks's uh, comedies as well, which I know you're not a fan of. Yeah. Well, whatever. These people all seem pretentious. Yeah. They don't they don't got time for Jesus. Mm, you got you better make time. Or else he's gonna make time for yeah, you, pal. That sounds like a song right there, a, a warning country I could be song. A, a Christian country rock star. Damn right. Well, I don't know. I, I guess like our uh, conclusions here are kind of like they're good movies. Uh, uncertain yep. how much we feel about them, um, which like I prefer that in some ways to be like kind of like. I don't know how I feel about these. I don't know, like, oh, yeah, dude, you got to watch it. You got to watch Rodette, man. Like, that's because that's how we watch movies now. Like, that's, like, society, man. It's all about, like, well, you will never see the ending coming. <laughs> and it's just, like, kind of like, no, we don't. We, why are we watching movies like this? Why? What What happens in the post credit sequence? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where is the post credit? like, yeah. the after credit scene for no, this? Nowhere to be found. Um, well, there we go. After the break, uh, RJ is going to be found in four pieces in a bucket. It's not any different from any other day of the week, buddy. Saints be all trembling, cry for pain, for the Lord's going to come in his heaven airplane. Holy shit, RJ! Huh. There's a there's a movie I just discovered, uh, starring Christopher Lambert called Day of Wrath. Is Christopher Lambert uh, the Highlander? That's correct, Mr. Lambert nice. himself. Nice. Uh, so now I have to watch that, I guess, because I didn't watch it this week. Well, you don't ever do your job right anymore. No, I don't. Even remember Oliver emailed in and said that he, you were doing a real bad job at stuff. I I recall that. We got, yeah. we, got, we got an email from him this week, but we'll read that next. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. A uh, teaser. Uh, hey, we got a Facebook page. <laughs> huh? 
Uh, we got an email, criteriancribs at gmail.com. You should write us in, new people listening somewhere in the world. We're mm-hmm. on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf, even though we don't watch movies anymore. Um, we're on... Oh, not good movies. We're on... We have a Patreon page if you want to check that out. It's patreon.com slash Creeps. Give us money. We're mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, uh, and YouTube, where we got those review-only episodes, which are really taken off because no one listens to these preambles. Yeah, I saw that. It's ne- nice. N- next week, uh, we're continuing watching the Carl Theodore Dreyer collection. Uh, in part two, we're going to be watching Spines 127 and 128, Gertrude from 1964, uh, and Carl Theodore Dreyer, My Meteor from 1995, directed by Torben Scott Jensen. Um, it'll be a hell of a time. Apparently, that thing is quite hard to find online. So I'm Well, hearing. that doesn't sound like a real name. Well, Torben Scott Jensen. Yeah, well, uh, I have it because I buy physical media. <laughs> How am I going to watch it? That's on you. you. Make it up. Oh. You're going to make up a movie. Oh. It won't well, be the I first can... time. It's not the first time I haven't watched the movie we talk about. I think that's it. Yeah. You, you got to go home now. Yeah, let me go home, you monster. Go drink another tall boy. Oh, I'll be drinking some tall boys. Don't worry about that. Good night. A pilsner too. I don't know if you saw that. Oh. It's a quality quality uh, lager. Pil- yeah, I didn't notice it was pills. I classed up your office a little bit oh, here. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm gonna leave it in the cupboard. Good. Good night. Good. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>